Today is Tuesday, October 10th. The title for our devotional is Alternatives to Find Meaning. The topic for this week that I introduced yesterday is meaning and purpose. What is the purpose of life, we often hear asked. Growing up, I watched a number of what are known as man-on-the-street interviews, or someone with a microphone and a camera crew, they would ask some random people on the street deep questions like this. I thought it was a little unfair to spring that deep of a question on someone who's just on their way to work or going shopping or whatever. Uh, nevertheless, it usually revealed that person's lack of interest in the question or their rather strange answers. After watching so many of those, I thought when I became a pastor, people would be asking me this question all the time. To my surprise, I'm still waiting for one person to ask me this question directly. Shouldn't be a surprise, but it was. As we've been doing in this campaign to see the irresistible nature of the gospel, we must also consider the alternatives. We cannot simply reject the biblical teaching on meaning without filling that void with something else, even if that something else is quote-unquote nothing. Which is our first alternative explanation is what's known as nihilism. This is essentially the belief that there is no objective ground for truth and moral truth. Traditional values and beliefs are unfounded and existence is senseless and useless, as the Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary defines it. In 1942, Albert Camus wrote an essay titled The Myth of Sisyphus, in which he argued that humans should accept the absurdity and meaninglessness of life and rebel against it by finding joy in rolling the boulder up the hill. How one is to do that, I don't know. Uh, This belief, therefore, says that there is no meaning and that we need to accept that in order to live a good life. There are many different expressions of this, and uh, one of them was found in Friedrich Nietzsche, as we talked about yesterday. The second approach, which is far more common today, I don't think many are willing to go to the length of nihilism, but the far more common one today is self-determined purpose or meaning. This grounding for purpose proposes that an individual look inside themselves, find what gives them meaning, and then the goal then is to know oneself and out of that knowledge be true to oneself and live out of one's desired self-determined purpose. The most common self-determined purpose here we would define as happiness. Whatever makes you the most happy carries the most purpose, therefore. This leads to varying forms of hedonism or seeking comfort, as we've already talked about in our moral law topic. Uh, In their wonderful podcast called This Cultural Moment, John Mark Comer and Mark Sayers describe how the secular Western world has rooted our purpose in happiness. In this perspective, we've become the worst civilization in the history of the world to deal with suffering. At best, suffering, which is a natural part of life that we're all familiar with and we all experience at various times in our life, to various degrees. Therefore, from this framework of happiness being the meaning and the purpose of life, at best, suffering is a temporary pause to our purpose. At worst, it destroys our purpose. Ironically, our culture is learning the hard way that the pursuit of happiness doesn't actually lead to happiness because happiness is not comprehensive enough to house our true purpose. Another common grounding for happiness in this framework is the family, this framework of self-determination, that is. People often find that they are willing to sacrifice for their family, and therefore their family provides the most meaning in life. Going a step deeper, this framework will sometimes say that the purpose of life, then, is love. Love, however, is loosely defined, and although a part of our true purpose in Christ, which we will see later this week, still stops well short of our true purpose. But it's on the right track, at least. Another self-determined grounding for purpose is an achievement of some sort. You'll often hear phrases like change the world in conversations around meaning and purpose. This has driven people to make great advancements in technology, medicine, education, politics, etc. Again, as we will see later uh, on Friday, this is part of our purpose and it's on the right track, but it stops short of our true purpose. Remember, purpose is layered. 
and we must come to the end and at least have a sense of what the end is. The third big category that I'm thinking of for uh, folks defining their purpose is genetic reproduction. This may seem strange, but let me unpack it a little bit. (laughs) This last basis for meaning comes from a naturalistic Darwinian evolution perspective. Darwinian evolution suggests that the purpose of living organisms is to pass their genetic code on to the next generation. So this view, coupled with the naturalistic view of the world that there is nothing supernatural that exists, would lead to the conclusion that this is the ultimate purpose of humanity. The most altruistic end of this thinking leads one to monogamy and strong family values, since these have proven to be the best, most effective ways to raise children and therefore pass on one's genetic code to the next generation. The more disturbing, but I think in this framework justifiable, approach is to simply pass your genetic code on to as many people as possible in the time that you have. In college, Savannah and I took a course called Abnormal Psychology together. In the course, the professor showed us a documentary of a narcissist named Jason who took this purpose literally. This dude had so many children with lots of different women. He didn't even know many of them. His reasoning for this activity was to pass on his genetic code as widely as possible because he viewed his genetics to be superior to everyone else's, which is actually a logical conclusion to naturalistic Darwinian evolution. In conclusion, all of these have been tried and left wanting. Perhaps you've even tried living in these and found them to be vacuous yourself. This shouldn't be surprising, as scripture everywhere points us to find our purpose in God and reveals how tragically many people don't, and even the areas where others tend to put their purpose and meaning. Psalm 24.1 tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. If that's true, then we should find our purpose ultimately in God. More on this later. Acts 17.28 tells us, this is Paul's conversation on um, Mars Hill with the Athenians. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Philippians 3, 18 to 21, Paul writes, For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. That's the description of those who are seeking their purpose and seeking their identity and who they are and worshiping anyone other than God. Then he goes on, But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And then Romans 1, 21-25, Paul here is describing those who have uh, given their worship to someone or something other than God. He says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, to the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. So we see that grounding our purpose in anyone or anything other than God, according to scripture, leads to tragic circumstances, as we are then missing the abundant life that God offers his people. Reflection time today, how have you seen these alternatives to purpose in your own life or in the lives of others?